Welcome to the Happy Rant Podcast, the podcast in which Stephen Altrogi, Barnabas Piper, and Ted Cluck cheerfully rant about all the things that don't matter all that much. And now, buckle up for today's episode. Hey, welcome back to the Happy Rant Podcast. I'm Ted Cluck. They are uh, Ronnie J. Martin and Barnabas Piper, and this is the program where uh, we talk about three things, and then you talk about how we talk about those three things for the rest of the week on Twitter, uh, just so everybody knows the dynamic of the group. Uh, gentlemen, we have uh, we have a sponsor back, uh, back back in the studio, Missional Wear, uh, missionalwear.com, also calvinistswag.com, and uh, Pipe, we... Uh, we kind of changed the culture last week, did we not, with our program? I mean, you. We did. Uh, when, when you're young, you you just dream of you know when you're in that obnoxious early twenties, smug like I'm going to change the world phase. I never hoped or dreamed that I would have this kind of impact. But uh, what happened was we talked about uh, missional wear. We said that they should actually be called Calvinist swag, and then pipe tell, tell us what happened and tell us about the company. Yeah, so I was I was corresponding with their owner, uh, who's a great guy, and uh, he said, you know, he appreciated the sponsorship, and then he said, you need to go check out CalvinistSwag.com, and I thought, oh no, somebody already owns this site that we were suggesting, but no, he bought the URL, and it now points to MissionAware.com, so you can go to MissionAware.com or CalvinistSwag.com, whichever wow. you prefer. And they both point there. So kids who are looking to be world changers, this is how you mm-hmm. do it. You start a, you should, a highly successful podcast, and then you tell businesses what they should do differently to rebrand, and they listen. It's stunning. Guys, if, if you're ever tempted to think that this is a waste of an hour of your week, um, I, I give you this anecdote. You know, it's life changing. It's huge. Yeah, it's huge. So you can go to CalvinistSwag.com and get all the Spurgeon t-shirts and Calvin quotes and, and you know, bearded stuff and pint glasses and coffee mugs and then a whole bunch bearded of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, they probably have like bearded statues and bobbleheads. I don't know about those particular things. If not, there's another thing they could include. Um, and then all sorts of very more artful things for those who are not sort of tongue in cheek. But it is. Of all of the Christian clothing and swag that I've seen, they do some of the best the best work. It's not cheesy. It's it's ranging from thoughtful to funny, which is a great range, kind of like this podcast. Mm, I like it. That's good radio pipe. Yeah, that's right. That's that's a segue. That's a nice segue. Well, gentlemen, we uh, in wandering to and far last week, we managed to uh, offend a few people too. So I, I think it's appropriate. Uh, just as a program for me to give my blanket apology to everyone, everywhere, all the time. So um, that should cover us uh, for a while. But we've got uh, we've got some new stuff to talk about uh, this week, guys. And uh, I want to start with uh, with Ronnie's uh, sport. And I, I say that sort of with with air quotes, since uh, Hans Booby, this is radio, not television. You can't see me doing the air quotes, but. Uh, Ronnie wanted to let the the entire world know that he is actually a fan of a sport. And uh, Big R, why don't you tell him about what that sport is? Yeah, well, I, you know, it's funny because my my wife, affectionately known as Big M, she mm. uh, she's actually a very small woman, but we call her Big M, and I think that's why we can call her that. Now, but, is that kind um, of a breathing? Is that going to offend or burn people out? I know there was some controversy about that, too. So I, I think, you know, for the rest of this program, I'm just going to – I'm going to enunciate everything as per, you know, just grammatical standards. So if you could just refer to her as Melissa Martin through the rest of the podcast, that would be 
Oh, that's great. Okay, well, my, my wife, Melissa Martin, there you no, go. she told Better. me, she said, you know, the thing is, she said Big R, or, and my name being Ronnie Martin, she said... <laughs> Ronnie J. Um, Martin. Ronald Joseph Martin, she said, Good. you know, it's Good. interesting that nobody knows how devoted you are to the one particular sport that you're devoted to, which, of course, is professional motocross. And I used to race as a kid, and I followed it since the age of 10, and I, you know, I'll even fly, like I, I went to Detroit last year to go to the stadium to see the race. And wow. so I'm, I, I really follow the sport. Like I'm really serious about it, but I never meet anybody that follows it. So it's as if I'm an anti-sports guy when in fact I'm not at all. Well, you are an anti-sports guy. You are a pro sport guy. You, you are, you're a one trick pony. That's no, that's correct because I don't like I don't like team sports. So motocross mm-hmm. is a solo sport. I'm kind of a little against team sports. I don't like the idea that one guy can ruin it for everybody. I like to be responsible for my own losses. You like it that's that one I guy like can more. ruin it for himself? Right. Absolutely. But it, so, I mean, so, it, if you crash a motorcycle, aren't you in front of somebody else? Aren't you also ruining it for them because then they run into you and also crash? Well, that could be if they're if they're they weren't wise enough to stay. You know, keep a keep a good proximity so that they didn't ruin their own chances. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so now, uh, now Ronnie, what, uh, what venue in Detroit did you see this, uh, race in last year? Gosh, I don't know. What was it? It was like the, it was like kind of the newer stadium in Detroit, you know, Ford Field? The, yeah, exactly. That's what it okay. was. Yeah. <laughs> Sports people know that's where the lions play. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where the lions play. There you the go. Home okay, of, you uh, one motocross race Michigan. a year. Also PS, the Detroit lions play there. There you go. Yeah. 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 So there well, it is. So, you know, all the jokes about Ronnie and sports, I mean, I guess we can still, still make them. Still, so still just as really applicable. Yeah, that was. It's hurtful, isn't it, Big R? Or Ronnie, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. It's hurtful, isn't it? It is hurtful. Yeah. It is hurtful that I just, you know, I, I, it is hurtful that, that, that there is like a physically, you know, demanding sport that, I, that I'm a part of. That mm-hmm. I have some some game into, mm-hmm. and I and I never get any never get any props for that, and I think it's uh, I, I think I've had enough of that. You know, wow. I, I needed yeah. to, well, let's. Well, he's getting a little. This, let's this lean is into this, this is tension. Table. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. This is tension. Absolutely. I, I appreciate how one Melissa Martin stood up uh, on your behalf and suggested that you bring this to our attention because she said it's interesting that uh, that we note your non-interest in sports. I I might take umbrage with that. I'm not sure how interesting this is, but uh, <laughs> but I appreciate a that she listens. So. Thank you, Melissa, for listening, and that she she is invested enough in your well being and your reputation to make sure that we address this and and give you the proper due for um, enjoying motorcycles taking left turns. You know what, man? We're talking about a Proverbs thirty one woman right now, aren't we, fellas? Yeah, I think absolutely. that's what we're talking about. Now, Barnabas, I, I I'm sure I don't have to bring this to your attention, but uh, but here we have another another wife of a host kind of influencing the program. You know, that's yeah. I think for the better in this case. You know. I, I mean, it, it's certainly bringing an element to light that uh, I guess it adds something. I mean, it's it's neat. Yeah, it's neat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I've I've always liked to describe my wife as neat. So I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna when we're done with this broadcast, I'm gonna take that to her. Every I'm girl's dream being described. I'm as communicate neat. your opinion of her, Barnabas. Barnabas thinks you're neat, Melissa Martin. Wow, I love it. I love it. Yeah, neat as in like nifty, not neat as in like neat and tidy. I don't you know. know when you say neat nifty, it just really, it just really accentuates. The it drives it home, work. doesn't it? That's that's really what I was going for. I was trying to trying to really hone in on that. Now that you said nifty, I feel like the game has changed. Well, babe, gentlemen. not neat, nifty. 
<laughs> she's going to love that, Ronnie. It's, she's going to feel uh, it's high uh, praise. She'll feel cared for and uh, and affirmed by you if you call her neat. She'll feel so. cared for, affirmed, and she'll know that she's never allowed to say one other word in regard to this broadcast ever again. Absolutely. She had her moment, and now it's time for her to just sort of nestle back into her complementarianism. Guys, this is a – yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is like a marriage program. You know, this has turned into like the, the Gary Chapman hour or something. I, it's yes. also very appropriate that she, that she passed on her comment through you as opposed to trying to contact us directly because that yeah. would have – been uh, inappropriate on so many levels that well, would have been completely a, a egalitarian of, of course yeah, yeah. A, a breach of complementarian you know ethics yeah, she, we just can't have on she this program. absolutely would have come off like some crazy some crazed you know frothing feminist had she done that like who do we like when we say when we say crazed frothing feminist who do we typically think of, fellas, when mm. we say that? I don't. I'm just. I don't know. I, I don't just, think of anyone. I'm drawing a blank. Okay. I also. I also wouldn't want to uh, insult your neat, nifty wife by associating her with anybody by <laughs> name. So uh, we should. We should probably avoid doing so. Speaking yeah, of and people I think, uh, insulting yeah. people, uh, fellas, um, we got we got a user request for user. Did I just say user? Yes, you did. I was, I was. I was thinking reader, and then I was thinking listener, but for some reason, I said user. Uh, we got a, a listener request uh, for us to talk about Donald Trump, and uh, the listener just said, Trump, colon, what the heck? Um, so I'll, I'll throw that to you guys. Uh, Donald Trump, what the heck? Ronald Joseph, do you have anything to uh, to start us off with on Trump, what the heck? Barnabas, I think, I mean, it's almost as if it's so ridiculous that just saying what the heck almost answers the entire question about Donald Trump, you know? I mean it it just summarizes it so fully and so completely. Do you know what I'm saying? It it does and I I don't know what else we can say at least that's appropriate for the uh the clean label on iTunes. Um <laughs> that that guy. I mean I think that's the other phrase you can use. Just that guy. That guy. That guy. That what guy. the heck? He's just the fact that there are people who like him is is not surprising to me, and yet it's baffling at the same time. I mean, I've looked at enough YouTube videos to see, you know, you read the comments, and those are Trump voters. That makes mm-hmm. sense to me. You know, you read blog comments, and, you know, you see the little the little Twitter profiles with just the egg that harass people. You know, those are people who will vote for, vote, vote for Trump. Mm-hmm. But goodness sakes, like, I, who knew that somebody who was so, like, racist and misogynistic could get, garner such a following – and not just be laughed off the stage. It's not a real uh, positive statement about the country that we live in. Have you guys, uh, you could, are you familiar with the movie uh, Wag the Dog? Kind of a political movie. It was made in the 90s. Robert De Niro, Dustin Hoffman. I loved, I loved it at the time. I don't remember enough details about it, but I, yeah, I, I, remember, remember, I remember really liking yeah. it. I actually loved it at the time, and, uh, and I watched it again last night, and I still love it. It's a really funny, really clever movie. It's kind of a commentary on... Um, at that time, and, and even more apropos now, I think just you know the rampant entertainment culture in American politics, and how um, how the media really shapes things, and how just you know sort of the people's perception of things uh, kind of can alter reality. And um, yeah, I mean, it it really just seems like that's that's where we're going uh, by even sort of including a guy like Donald Trump in the conversation in a serious way, you know. And I I think I think he is the he is the you know we we've talked many episodes on this 
many episodes ago on this about how like Christian bloggers and reformed people will sell the books of those we hate by all yeah. of our outrage about it. So, you right. know, Rob Bell releases a book and it might sell some copies, except that every conservative Christian just rails on it and raises its profile dramatically. And I right. feel like this is the mass media version of that. Everybody hates Donald Trump, except for the subset of people who are also misogynistic and racist. Um, but because he is he is on every news network and every radio show and every blog and every news site all the time, he his profile has risen. So he he now looks like a front runner and he may actually be a front runner for the Republican nomination because everybody hates him. It's it's the reverse. So our culture of outrage is coming back to bite itself in the butt. You know, what's so funny about Trump is like there's no guy behind the guy. Like, mm. And I think. I think to kind of walk around it to the other side for like 29 seconds, um, what everybody I think appreciates about him is that he's not a politician. And I think we're in this age of there's so much, there is so much disgust and there's so much tiredness about politicians. And then you get a guy that comes up and he becomes this comic book character and he's not, he's actually not being political. And there's not like some deeper layer behind the guy that we're trying to get to. And so like love him or hate him. He's a guy that just speaks his mind, and I think there's. I think you need a, to put mind in air quotes. What's that? <laughs> I said I think you need to put mind in air quotes. He speaks. Well, his I mean, I think that's. Yeah, I think that, that should be understood. Is. But yeah. yeah, yeah, and we we call those air bunnies, by the way. <laughs> but um, but yeah, but I just think, man, there there has to there's something about that to where I mean, I think it's 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 causing people to to say, hey. This is there's a part of him that we wish people we took more seriously could, could adopt in terms of personality and truth, whether we agree with it or not. Because I've talked to people that literally say, I just like his personality. I don't agree with half of what he says, Wait, but I just right. like that he calls it straight. I would like and to I, meet somebody who likes his personality. That I mean, really? Right. He's, well, right. I, th- I think we have to kind of suss out what like means in that scenario. I mean, like amused be, by uh, yeah, I'm amused by it. I'm entertained by it. I'm I'm even at some level refreshed by just his, I guess, brutal honesty or whatever. But but yeah, liking his personality, I mean, I think that's I, a different thing. I will say this about Trump, and this is not an endorsement of anything. I think he is the worst candidate for president since ever. Well, but, we just lost that sponsorship. <laughs> Great job. Yeah, yeah, sorry, Trump. Great. The, geo, no, the GOP no, no, no. was just getting here's, ready to drop us Here's, here's the too, thing. Yeah. The more we rip on him, the more likely we are to get his funding. So it, it, <laughs> it, it works for every other network. Um, no, I, I, every other politician is boring. The last right. interesting That's politician true. was Barack Obama. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and before that, I, I just, I mean, before that I was, I guess, I was kind of pre-politics in my interests at all, but he is, Man, it was Clinton. He was super entertaining. Yeah. That's yeah. I would have, when, when Clinton was elected, I would have been in, I don't know, high school maybe. Yeah. But, uh, so not, not old enough to really care, but, uh, he's, he, he has brought a level of interest to the political realm. Now it's, it's really tired and I'm already bored with it, but to be for me to have any interest in what somebody standing on a political stage is saying for several months is a brand new experience for me. That's yeah. and so I I mean I I get I get the appeal from a pure consumption standpoint. Yes, train, absolutely. Train wrecks are interesting. Yeah, uh, f- you know MMA is interesting. All sorts of very brutal things 
are interesting. And he is, he is the train wreck of political speak. So you can't look away. It's really fascinating, but it is, it gets disgusting the more and more you watch of it though. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Hey, speaking of watching Barnabas, and uh, we didn't we didn't uh, tease this out before the program in our uh, in our production meeting. Ooh, a surprise! Yeah, um, Heisman Trophy, man. Do you have a Do you have a favorite? Given the three guys that are uh, that are going to New York, I think uh, so. I, th- it's it's McCaffrey, Henry, and is it Fournette? Sean Watson. Oh, Watson. Okay. Yeah. Um, I suspect Henry will win it, but yeah. I think McCaffrey should. Yeah, and I—I I mean, Watson is has a legitimate candidacy as well. I think he just doesn't have the hype, and I think hype plays into these things. Yeah, I think hype is huge, and uh, I would agree with you. I mean, I think if I were drafting a running back, it would be Henry. Yeah, uh, to play at the next level. But uh, as far as a, a guy, I would, I would does, wait a year and draft Fournette. But yeah, yeah, agreed. But uh, but boy, have you have you watched the McCaffrey kid play at all? He's unbelievable. Yeah. He's so much fun to watch. <laughs> And and for for listeners who are not college football fans, and by listeners I mean Ronald Joseph. Um, yeah, thanks, fellas. And again, I appreciate you even explaining what the Heisman Trophy is. I was so, getting so give, there. Remember, there's a third guy on the broadcast right now. Pull me in that way. So the Heisman, Ronnie, are you wearing like a bright like fox racing shirt? No, I don't go. I don't go that. I don't go that direction with my love of that particular. No, it's sport. this is this is uh, this is professional motocross. So they have like Mountain Dew and Red Bull sponsorships. So uh, it's, yeah, it's, right. it's not like uh, it's not Home Depot and and. It's Pepsi. a Monster Energy sport. <laughs> Be pipe. It's oh, well. a Monster Energy sport. <laughs> uh, well, so I'm sure there's competing teams. Uh, the Heisman Trophy, Ronnie, goes to the best college football player every year. What that really means is the best quarterback or running back every year. Uh, usually quarterback because defensive players don't count. Defensive players are the, the people trying to tackle the ball carrier, Ronnie, in case you're wondering. Okay, so because I'm an artist, best is always subjective. How do we determine who's best? It's very subjective in this case as well. So this is this is like the arts comp. This is, this is like the best picture nomination Yeah, you know what? This is like athletes. the Oscars. I mean, a, bu- yeah. a, bunch of, uh, a bunch of people just vote on it. Okay. Know? It's so very, it's completely corrupt, then, is what we're. Oh, saying. absolutely, yes, for sure. Which is why I think, uh, which is why I think Henry will win because he plays for Alabama, who is the highest profile program with tons of success for a coach who's won multiple championships, and so I think that that I think that will tip the voters his way, and he did it in the SEC, which is a uh, that's the Southeastern Conference, Ronnie, which is considered to be the most competitive, um, and whereas I, but I think McCaffrey is the better player at the college level, or at least had the better season, was the better player this year. Now, let me ask you this, man. If McCaffrey wins, do you think people are going to say uh, he got it because he's white? Uh, I don't think you can say that after he broke Barry Sanders' all-purpose yards record. I, I mean, I'm, there, there may be people who say that, but I don't think that that will come from any intelligent source. That sounds like something that might come from first take. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but... This it's not a situation where there's like a better case, a clear better case for a minority candidate in this case. Sure. I mean, he he has a legitimate case for it. Yeah, agreed, Ronnie. Ladies uh, and gentlemen, welcome to the Mahaney Sports Broadcast. Yeah, no, Ronnie. Just to just to close the loop on this discussion, which I'm I'm sure you'll you'll love to do. Uh, McCaffrey plays uh, running back, which is a, a position that hardly any white guys uh, ever play. So I think mm. the last it's because it requires being fast and strong. Right, the last white running back to win the Heisman was uh, was like 1972 or something like that. Joe Namath uh, was that him? No, Namath was a quarterback. But it's the right sport—that's really good. Good, yeah, good, good right good sport. Job. And uh, yeah, Namath played at Alabama, so that that sort of 
you know, and, builds on what Barnabas says. And so. writes and writes skin color. So you got two out of three right on that one. Oh man, you guys are so sweet to me. I feel you know, I feel, doing so, an amazing I feel job. so welcomed and included now. Ronnie J. Martin sports commentary, folks. You can look for his spinoff program, uh, After Hour Sports with Ronnie Martin. Uh, all right, one more uh, one more topic, gentlemen, and uh, just to keep it on the uh, on the Christmas uh, tip, if you will. Uh, somebody uh, again, a listener. Uh, wrote in and wanted us to uh, to to bat around the idea of why. Let me see if I get this right. Why reform people or why Christians don't like Lent but they like Advent? Is that right, Barnabas? Yeah, that was the, that was generally the way the question uh, the question was framed. Just the idea that Advent is like really celebrated. Yeah. So you know, if if we're just going to go based on Twitter because that is the that's sort of the litmus test of what matters in yeah. the Christian world when Advent starts. Advent sermon series are starting and people are tweeting about it and pictures of Advent calendars and wreaths and whatever else people use to celebrate those things. Uh, And Lent, most people don't even know when Lent starts, for one thing. And most people don't really know what Lent is. And it really doesn't get celebrated the same way as like a countdown to something significant. Yeah, I think so. Listen, fellas, so I'm part of a I'm part of a church planning network called Sojourn, a super hipster. I think it's the hipster church planning yeah. network. Yeah, that's the. And, I think that's um, the tagline, isn't it? I think it is. I think you know. Well, obviously, we've be. we've eclipsed a twenty nine with that whole tag. And um, so, I think you know what's interesting is that most of the churches in the network celebrate both. But I think we don't celebrate Lent at our church. But I think with Advent, you know, because nobody is contesting Easter all the time. Nobody's ever trying to bring the East back into Easter. You know, around Easter time, just I think what give Advent it some does give it, it some time. The hipsters will be doing bubble tea at uh, at Easter in no well, time. Well, nobody nobody doubts that. But for now, I think it's just <laughs> this idea that Advent allows churches to you know keep the Christ in Christmas, and and especially if you're Reformed, it, it brings some of that tradition you know into it for sure. Does I, that make sense? I do. I think I think the other thing is that I think Lent is is associated with Catholicism much Absolutely. more. So Advent has, Advent has always been, and I don't know if it's just because it's a more enjoyable season because it's it's celebratory, whereas Lent is more like a season of mourning almost, like a season of reflection and mourning. The way it's celebrated is usually by you give something up for the, for the season. At least that's the tradition. Now, I remember laughing at kids who did that because they're like, I'm going to give up chocolate for Lent. And I'm like, what? Why? I don't. I never understood that that concept. But it 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 doesn't have a definitive start date. It runs. It's longer. I believe it's forty days instead of uh, instead of twenty five. And yeah. it's and it's it's just a whole lot less clear what it's about. And and I think the other thing is that the only thing I can say. Go ahead. I was gonna say. I think the other thing is just that Christmas is a way bigger deal in the American it church is. than Easter is. Like Easter, you you know, little girls wear floral dresses and we eat some ham and like, but there's no gift exchange. There's no Easter season. There's an Easter mm-hmm. day. You know, you don't even get days off work for Easter. You get you know, if you work for a religious organization, you might get Good Friday off. But but in the in the secular world, nobody even knows what Good Friday is. So it's I think that's the bigger piece of it is that. Easter just doesn't get the same play. Easter's just not considered really a holiday, whereas Christmas is a holiday. I mean, I know I'm using yeah. the H word right now, but I'm just simply saying. But you're using, yep. but you're using like lowercase h. It is a holiday. No, absolutely. I, that, I would never dream of saying Happy Holidays K 
capital H's. Have you guys ever done anything for Lent? Like, have you ever been part of a church where it was normal for people to be like, I'm giving up X for Lent, you know, chocolate I actually haven't. I want to ask you, Big T, have you ever been a part of a church that, that celebrated Lent? No, I haven't, man. Except one one year we were in a uh, we were in a small group, and we had a guy. He was real kind of. Uh, he, he was sort of the de facto leader of the small group, and he wanted everyone to give up television for Lent. You yeah, know, he was. This was back in the 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 kind of. Oh, I don't I don't remember when this was, but th- this was back when everybody was sort of you know, very nobly like giving up their televisions or or turning their backs on media and and feeling sort of miserable but self-satisfied about it and um and and this was the year for us to do that so i I remember one year everyone in our small group uh gave up gave up television for lent and it was supposed to be this really profound thing but really i don't i don't know that it did anything for anyone yeah i think the only thing great about it now is like people on twitter you know give up social media for 40 days and you're kind of really glad that they've done that yeah, exactly. All the people who give up social media for Lent are the people you want to give up social media forever. Forever. So, yeah. so yeah. it's perfect. Why don't you just those people Lent that tweet forever. a lot about like sporting events. You know, I feel like it just gives me a nice break for that particular time. Wait, wait, wait Ronald, what did you just say about sporting events? Nothing. I didn't say anything. Oh, I yeah. forgot. I that, forget. that was like a verbal subtweet of me. Um, <laughs> oh, Oh, was he was he being passive aggressive? No, that was not you. That was that was at Jared Wilson for sure. That was a subtweet. Mm, okay. Uh, well, he doesn't no, really has, he, he doesn't has, tweet during Lent anyway because the Patriots are are done playing. That's not football season. So. Oh, that's true. at Jared I, I Wilson I, or I screwed let, that up. let me let it's me throw this to you guys. At Jared C Wilson, if you want to tweet at him in real life. Oh, okay. I see. At Jared C Wilson, and because we're enunciating everything perfectly this week, no, yes, no abbreviating. Um, do you guys know of any like? Kind of reformed celebs who have given up social media for Lent? Not that I noticed. That much mean I didn't miss them very much. I mean, yeah, I, I had some friends that did it that I wouldn't consider celebs, but just they, you know, they kind of do the big announcement. Like, oh, the you know, big announcement! Hey, like I'm stepping away. You know, I'm it's stepping gonna be away for Lent. I know. I hope you. I hope yeah. you can all survive without. Me I hope you can for, survive without my pithy uh, observations. <laughs> I just. I feel like one of the things that always struck me as funny about Lent, so Ted, you, you mentioned this, is like, you know, pe- people give stuff up and they feel miserable and self-satisfied. It's the announcement of what they're giving up that bothers me. I think yeah. it's, to me, it's it's essentially a fast from something. Right. Yes. But fasting is between you and God. If you're going to give up right. something for Lent, it's supposed to be something that you see as a hindrance between you and God. So it's a distraction. It is, it's eating away at your right. soul. It's, it's some, it's idolatry. It's something. And then that's between you and God, not you and everybody you hope is proud of you for giving this thing up. And that's that is that's always been one of the weirdest things about Lent to me is the public announcement of your own good deeds or your own self-sacrifice. That's just that seems counter to the whole point of it. Hey fellas, good to be back. Good to hear your voices. We had some uh we had some audio issues there for a few minutes. I think it's a it's a new program that Skype is piloting. Uh, where they automatically censor out bro talk. So uh, <laughs> we slipped back into some of our old patterns, and I think Skype just took the liberty of, uh, of uh, ending the call. So we, we are back now. Uh, we have time for one more topic. This was another uh, good listener-suggested topic, and uh, it's something we've touched on here before, guys, on the program. It's the idea of guilty pleasures. Do they exist? Uh, what are they? Do we feel uh, sort of especially compelled to... 
uh, apologize for uh, quote unquote guilty pleasures. And and I guess we need to we need to frame this in some context. Like, um, and, and I'll be I'll be vulnerable. I I, I think you know liking like crappy hair bands from the eighties would be to some people a guilty pleasure. Um, now I don't feel especially uh, guilty about that from either a moral or an aesthetic standpoint. So I guess for me, it's not a guilty pleasure, but, um, but you're just but saying there's, there's a, there's an example for it is what you're saying. There's an example for it. There's an example for what right. we're talking about. So, uh, I'll throw that to you guys. Um, we talked about it a little bit before, but, uh, but, but let's get some more uh, commentary on that. Well, Ronnie, you had an interesting comment on this one uh, when we were when we were trying to figure out what topics yeah. we should pick. You said uh, you said something very definitive about guilty pleasures. Yeah, I said I actually don't even believe in the term. Mm. I mean, that's you know? those are strong words. Those are strong words, and I guess if you look, you know, and again, you know, if you look back at my, and again, I hate to say it this way, but if you look back on my catalog of musical endeavors, I, I probably the last guy in the world to that, that would be, you know, uh, that could have a guilty pleasure Mm. and that could, you know, sort of promote guilty pleasures. Um, because I've done a lot of embarrassing things over the years. Really? um, Such as, uh, you I think that's another broadcast for sure. Um, you know what you were you're you're almost going to get vulnerable, Ronnie. You almost opened up. I know up, I almost you know? was, and I thought you know we only have so much time here before either the program's over, we start having audio issues again. So it's a time issue. It, Skype does this thing where if, if anyone gets too sensitive, they just they cut out the. the call. Well, that's because we're using Reform Skype, right? We Reform, have yeah, Reform program. Skype. Yeah, we have anti-feelings Reform version. Skype. Yeah, so I just think that you know it's weird because I've never you know it's like I like what I like. And I never feel the need to apologize for it, even if it crosses some boundaries uh, of which people might make fun of me for. For instance, you know, professional motocross or my my absolute undying love of of Christmas and Christmas music and you know uh, you know Christmas romance fiction novels. You know, I just throw it out there and I say I like these things, and I, I don't I don't I don't understand what it's like to apologize for liking something that doesn't sort of tip over into something. You know, immoral. Obviously, you could say Christmas fiction is immoral. Again, that's an opinion thing. So, do you, so. do you feel like anybody else should feel guilty for what they like? So, say for example, if Ted was to finally confess to his enjoyment of Amish fiction, Amish romance fiction of the Christian genre, should he be embarrassed about that, or should that just be a thing he enjoys, not a guilty pleasure? I just here's the thing. I just don't. I to, I just absolutely don't care what somebody else's likes are because mine tend to shift in some really bizarre places that if you know me, you would think, well, is he really into that? So I have some eccentric tastes. So if you have some eccentric tastes, I just think, well, everybody has those. So why are you apologizing for them? I I feel like the, the idea of guilty pleasures has been, has been elevated because, because it's, there's like this elitist sense of what of what people should and shouldn't like, and it's constantly shifting. So nobody hits the mark, and uh, it's easy to throw stones at hipsters. But like the original idea of hipsters are was the idea of oh I liked that before it was cool, or I liked right. that before it was famous. And so as soon as something got popular, 
they quit. They moved on to the next thing. So I remember sitting in a friend's car listening to Coldplay before Coldplay was famous. And he introduced me to them. He just said, hey, here's this band I stumbled across. And I thought, wow, these guys are really good. Here's the thing. I still kind of like Coldplay. I don't love their music. I never loved it. But I thought it was pretty good. But I'm not allowed to like Coldplay anymore because they're just sort of the the passe band if if I was to abide by that sort of elitist standard. And so I think I think the guilty pleasure is something that sort of gets foisted on people because there's this I so, don't know. So it's like this so you're gr- telling me that Coldplay is no longer elitist and, and hipster enough? I thought that one was safe, man. Maybe they maybe they went away and came back. Okay. Like, but so Mumford and Sons would be another example. I really like Mumford and Sons. And when they first came out, if you were amongst like the first 5% of people who loved their music, you know, oh, it's this British band and they do sort of this rock folk thing and there's right. some banjos and bass and whatever else. Then you're okay. You're, you're right. like, you're grandfathered into liking them. But if, but That's if you, but if you liked them by the time they, they performed at the Grammys, well then, uh, that's, it's not a guilty pleasure. It's just sort of like, oh, that's that's kind of lame. You're so you're so stereotypical, you know, thirty year old white guy kind of thing. I I guess my, my the reason Dude, I said that I'll, attitude is maddening. That yeah. makes me want to punch someone. I hate it. You, and I think it takes it takes real like this is not a joke. It takes like real conscientious effort to rise above that and go. Wait a minute. I just like the music. Why can't I just pop in my headphones and listen to the music and well, not, here's the thing, and not like, you, feel you like can. any right? You but, can't. But some, but there, but there's this like cultural pressure of, I I need to find what's next and new and best. And I gave up on that like a, about a year ago, maybe. I was just like, I will never discover another new band. Well, yeah, Piper, you know what, you I mean, know what so part of this? So yeah, I think you have to make the distinction when you're talking about music. Unfortunately, fellas, by the time it gets to you, you are not in the five percent anymore. And time it gets to the Grammys, you are part of the hundred and five percent. Yeah. Because there are subgenres of subgenres of subgenres. By the time any of the three of us like actually hear something and we feel like it's five percent, it's already at eighty-five percent. So in terms of music, there's no beating that ever. Unless you're like a journalist, unless you live your life like within those circles. And so I I mean you, you just have to enjoy what you enjoy. I mean, right. So Bar- Barnabas, you're uh, you're a few years younger than uh, than Ronald and myself, that and uh, and and you know I'm sure I'm sure Ronnie can attest to this, especially now that he lives in the Midwest. But um, you reach a certain age, and it just it stops mattering to everyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. If if, if you're the the guy in his late 30s and you're still like hipster and elitist about music, everybody just thinks you're a douche. See now you know? now I live in Nashville, so like this 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 pressure has has gone oh, back that's up. True. So I moved from that's Chicago true. where, where yeah. you have sort of one cultural center in Nashville where you have sort of the center of the arts and creativity. And I yeah, I've just I've genuinely just had to say, you know what? If if I want to be invested in anything mentally, I need to I need to quit caring about music about what's new. And so I listened to music that I liked five years ago or that was popular 40 years ago, or I stumble across something new and I like it and I listen to it. But it was like a conscientious decision to go, oh, wait, I don't need anybody's permission to enjoy something. You don't need any validation. But, I mean, it's music. You just listen to whatever you want. So here's, It doesn't even matter if anybody knows what you listen to either. Part right. of it is like wanting people to know what it yes. is that you listen to, which is, which is rep- bizarre in its own right. That goes back to the social media, everything is public kind of yeah. culture we live in where, God forbid, you listen to a song and you don't tell everyone about it. You know? 
or yeah, or, or you discover, you know, so, so I, I, I ran across this artist, uh, two or three weeks ago named, uh, Leon Brown, who just, he's, he's a young guy, but he sings in sort of this like Otis Redding Motown style. He's super And he's kind of blowing up right now. Isn't yeah. He? Well, and, and I, and I just tweeted out, I was like, I just ran across this guy and I love him. Why didn't you guys tell me he exists? And everybody was like, oh my gosh, that's so six months ago. I'm like, right. six months? U two's been around since 1979. Like six months is not a long time for an artist. That's still new, but apparently it's not new. It's just for some reason. I mean, there, there's there's so much snobbery when it comes to music that just by admitting that you weren't the guy that discovered right. this guy in his basement, it means that you lack the validity to even enjoy or listen to him. It's a bad. I mean, I've been dealing with this for 25 years in the music industry. It's like even back in the day when I was 18 years old. Like it, I just I didn't even understand it back then. It's just such it's such a baffling thing. It's just so backwards to how it is we're supposed to be receiving these things in the first place, which is just to enjoy. Yeah. You know? well, and here's another question about this. Why doesn't it apply to movies? Why is it that it's totally okay to like terrible movies? In fact, there's something it's kind of the other way. Like you're you're absolutely you're absolutely expected to enjoy certain kinds of terrible movies, you know, awful sci-fi or, you know, the or like Die Hard or something. Exactly. Oh, stop. Die Hard's an amazing movie. Transformers movies, you know, where it's just like, Oh, that's a Michael Bay flick. It stuff Anchorman. blows up. So like liking terrible movies is a mark of, it's almost like ironic pride, but liking yeah. popular music is a mark of like artistic failure. I don't get it. And that just silenced everything in there, right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no one gets it. I mean, I think that answers the question. Well, this is the thing. I think the, I think the music scene just covers a larger base, you know. Yeah. So if you hang around, you can hang, you can find snobby indie filmmaker types that are just going to ridicule anything that comes out into the theaters, and you know anything that you yes. like, you know that that comes out, you know, in that format. You know, they're going to look at you like you've, you know, you were, you were just born yesterday. And so again, you, you can't win. It's like, it's like fighting wars that you literally can never win instead of just saying, Hey, you know what, fellas, I saw Creed five days ago <laughs> and it changed my life. The, just to be clear, the movie, not the music, correct? Well, I, I, that, that literally should be a given. And I might have to quit the broadcast because you thought the other way around. <laughs> oh, wait, are you, but, wait um, but what if you did like the music creed? Would you, would you feel guilty about that? Um, I, I would feel like my life had lost all of its meaning and I, and I had, had I to back like, into some, I feel like maybe you're undermining your own previous argument. I agree. I agree. There's some, there's some contradiction so, there. Ba- basically what Ronnie failed to say the first time around is even he has his limits. And, uh, and, Creed, and Creed is that limit. Creed the band is the limit. Creed the movie, however, is right in his sweet spot. There's, there's a big gonna, difference between the two, and, it might, and, and I think you know, we can argue that on another program for sure. Guys, I'm going to close this program with sharing just a, a special dream, I think, for us and for our uh, little endeavor here. And that is I, w- I would love for somebody to be hipster and elitist and obnoxious about, about listening to us. You know what I mean? Like, like if you started at the beginning, then that, then that's cool. But if you, if you sort of 
jumped on like six months in, then it's it's lame. We well, it's going to be the pre. It's pre Martin happy rant. Pre Martin, yeah, pre Martin uh, post post Altrogi happy rant. Like, when did you come on? Well, although, if you're super hipster, you watched the Google Hangout videos of Stephen Altrogi <laughs> and Barnabas Piper, which were pre Ted. So this is third wow. wave. We're yeah, in th- we're in wow. third wave right now. So you know, yeah. you know what we need to do is we need to get missional wear to create some stickers with the happy rant logo and like an just a, it says like EP period one. And yeah. so this is for the the episode oneers, the people who were who were there from the get go, and uh, and so they're they're the they get to earn that right and stick that on the back of their minivan mm. or their Prius or whatever. Speaking of mission aware, Barnabas, why don't you uh, why don't you uh, tell folks about the offer? Yes. So at the beginning, we mentioned mission aware and all the cool stuff they offer. Also, CalvinistSwag.com, which just makes me smile every time that I remember that that's the case. But for being a Happy Rant listener. Uh, you can get a 15% discount on absolutely anything they sell just by using the code HAPPYRANT at checkout. And with that, you will get a sticker, a die-cut sticker of our logo that you can put on wherever you put stickers. Most people like to decorate their MacBook Pros with them. Uh, if you're a Dell user, please don't stick it on there. It makes us look bad. Um, so <laughs> use the code HAPPYRANT, and you get 15% off at missionalware.com or calvinistswag.com. I love it. Man, we have wandered to and fro. Uh, it's been great. Uh, the grammar and way of saying things has been impeccable and, uh, I've enjoyed it. So until next time, Rachel, the held Evans. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.